You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and this is America's Web Radio. Today we're going to talk about some gun politics. We're going to talk about some long-range shooting. We're going to get a lot of stuff in today, hopefully. So we'll educate, entertain, and maybe just BS a little bit, too. Who knows? But we'll have to see what happens. Okay, Texas, a state you generally think of as a pretty gun-friendly state, has done something that is gun-friendly. Imagine that. They have a bill that is going to protect the gun industry from banking discrimination. Because if you know, if you've known, while Obama was president, they were pushing these banks to not do business with gun manufacturers, ammunition manufacturers, or any retailers of guns, which is pure discrimination and shouldn't be allowed. But so what Texas did is they set up something that would block government entities from contracting or working with any banks that had any kind of restriction on dealing with people in the gun industry. So basically, if you wanted to be in charge of a state pension or you wanted to just provide you know, employees with discounted checking accounts or something, you cannot have any discrimination against the gun industry, which seems fair. I mean, to discriminate one industry or another industry, something like that, that would be something that's discrimination, and it shouldn't be allowed. Banks shouldn't be allowed to do that unless, of course, they want to avoid all the state contracts or state uh, goodies that they can get. Apparently, the state of Wyoming passed something very similar this year to help protect the gun industry. So it looks like things from the Obama time is, are turning back a little bit and heading into a more free time and uh, more unrestricted stuff for the gun industry. Actually, the gun industry this year has not been suffering as far as sales go. Like I say, the gun, gun numbers, I have not gotten numbers for, uh, for May yet, but I mean for June. Well, there's no numbers for yet. For May, I don't think I got numbers yet, but they are. They were probably very, very high because the gun sales are just skyrocketing. Now, ammo prices are still high, but they're starting to fall. They claim the ammo pipeline is starting to fill up a little bit. So hopefully that'll be good and everyone can get out there and practice again. But this would be great if every state in the country would do this and just say, we're not going to give any government, state, or local Governments cannot contract with any bank that has discriminatory practices towards anybody in the gun industry or the gun industry itself. That would help protect them from unfair practices. But it seems like during Obama, it didn't matter if they discriminated because, oh, it's okay. They're a gun industry, and we don't like guns, so we're just going to give them away. You know, we're just going to let them have their way and let them destroy the industry by not allowing them to have banking. This is similar to people with the marijuana business in some states. Because it's a federally controlled substance, a lot of banks won't deal with people in that industry. So they have to deal with a lot of cash. They can't take credit cards. They have to make cash runs to a bank account every day or whatever, every couple times a day sometimes. So we'll have to see, you know, how this comes out. But it looks like if every state would adopt this and not have discrimination in banking, we'd be better off. Okay, now we're going to go to New Orleans, which uh, I don't know if you're familiar with New Orleans, but apparently the crime stats in New Orleans have been on their way up. Just, you know, just like almost every other big city that has been talked about pulling police back or defunding the police or, or... Anything that gives us less protection, most of those cities are experiencing much higher crime rates. So even in, uh, where is it, in uh, Chicago, I think it was, or no, was it uh, Illinois? 
The sheriff decided they were going to start issuing more permits now, or California. They're going to issue more permits because he said the crime rate's up, murder rate's up 100% from what it was, or 92% from what it was. It's almost doubled. So he goes, you know what? Maybe more armed citizens would be helpful. Well, here's one situation where on Sunday afternoon in broad daylight, the driver behind the wheel of the vehicle in the lower guard district was a target of a 44-year-old man as he was driving through the streets, this guy apparently was able to open his back door and jump into the back seat of the vehicle. The guy implied that he had a gun. That's when the driver grabbed his own gun, forcing the man from his right, ensuring his own safety. The man was arrested short time after, but officials of the state are pointing out that these type of in- incidents are happening more frequently. So if you want to protect yourself, you m- may be time to pick up that new gun or that special carry gun or something a little different. Something that you can carry all the time comfortably that you're not afraid to have with you. Something that's safe and comfortable. Do it. Because guys like this, I mean, imagine driving slowly somewhere. Somebody jumps in your backseat, tries to carjack you by telling you they have a gun. Now, what are you going to do? I mean, New Orleans is a great city, but I don't know that I would want to walk around down there without having a gun on. So, Because, you know, there's so much crime there, and the crime is only on the rise. It's just going up. Almost everywhere, crime is going up. Now, some of it could be due to the high unemployment numbers. People getting paid big money to sit around at home and do nothing have a lot of idle time on their hands, so they may attempt to do some carjackings or have some extracurricular activities while they're sitting at home collecting their unemployment checks. But uh, that's something to be aware of. That would be another good reason to lock your car while you're driving through any big city. I know it's uh, most people do. A lot of people do lock their cars no matter where they are. But sometimes if your car's not locked and you're driving around, you drive slow enough, someone can open your door, jump in, and you could be the victim of a carjacking. In this case, however, the guy was scared away by the gun being pulled on him, wasn't shot, so nobody died and nobody got hurt. But the one guy ended up going to jail. They did catch him a short time later. So, But again, with crime rates going up and up and up and up, be prepared. Get ready. Don't wait on the police to get there. Because right now you call the police. If they think it's a situation where they may have to confront somebody who could be dangerous, they're probably going to be a while until they get there. So you call them. You tell them, oh, hurry up, hurry up. Something's going on. Yeah, you might see him in 20, 30, 40 minutes. Who knows? Now, you think, you know, certain companies would realize, you know, our listeners or our customers are gun people. So we're not going to, you know, we're going to be careful with what we advertise or positions we take on certain things because we don't want to alienate our biggest um, client base or, or our biggest uh, supporters. Unfortunately, the country music TV did not heed this advice. And they push, were pushing gun control ads on what most people would probably know. Most country music television watchers are probably pro-gun. Yeah, there might be a half a dozen or so that are not, but all the rest of them are. And to have country music television try and uh, push gun control on their their viewers it just seems like a really bad idea. So, because they're telling we're we're virtually wearing orange today in support of National Gun Violence Awareness Day, and to call attention to more than a hundred lives that are lost every day to gun violence. Which I don't know how accurate that number is. But uh, it's just kind of funny because they're going, okay, and these are the people, these are people who like country music, who watch the country music shows. And it's like, you know what? This is anti-gun propaganda. There's no way it's not. You know, you don't, you start blaming the gun instead of the people. It's not going to work. People are the result. The gun never does anything by itself. 
I've had guns sitting by a, a, a wide open door, and I came back in 20 minutes, and they were still there. Made no attempt to escape. Made no attempt to inflict harm on anybody. You know, it's just, oh, it's ridiculous. They, they, it's funny. And when the cop, if, if a policeman were to shoot somebody, they blame the police officer. But if anybody else shoots somebody, they blame the gun. So it's just, it, there's an agenda here that it's just, uh, it's so disgusting that they do this. But uh, now they say after they push this, this anti-gun propaganda disguises virtue, they said the viewers of country music TV dropped by 75%. So uh, beware, because lately, when you get woke, you go broke. And that's exactly what they're doing by coming after these you know by advertising this stuff or pushing this anti-gun agenda because country music tv is known for being conservative but in this case they didn't heed their own warning about you know pay attention to what you're doing know who your clients are your customers are and don't peeve them off you know don't 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 abuse their political views so CMT, remember that next time. So maybe, just maybe, you won't push gun control on guys who actually know how to control a gun without the government stepping in to help. So what do we got next? Oh, this is a big one. Okay. Now, this is interesting. In Colorado, apparently, they banned high-capacity, well, capacity magazines of over 15. I'm not going to call them high-capacity because a lot of them are standard capacity. Like 30 rounds for an AR-15 is standard capacity. But this was banned back in 2013. A democratically controlled state legislature passed four bills dealing with guns, including a bill sponsored that was banning magazines that hold over 15 rounds. So basically they installed a magazine ban. And apparently there were people in a news network who were wondering, how come these high-capacity magazines or these standard-capacity magazines are still getting out? You know, they see them... uh, People are telling them, oh, yeah, you can still buy whatever you want. It's no problem. So they went undercover to try and find out, you know, how these people are getting magazines. And the way the bill is worded, it's very vague and it's not very it's not very concise. So they leave a lot open to interpretation. So what they're doing in, in Colorado is they are selling parts kits for magazines. Now, for those of you who live in California, you you know because you've had the same sort of thing available to you. You disassemble the magazine, and you can sell it as a parts kit. You have to assemble it yourself. Or they leave one part out and sell it separately. So basically in Colorado, you can get it. You just have to go through a little more trouble and put it together yourself. Now, these people went undercover, and they found gun stores selling these parts kits in Arapahoe, Douglas, El Paso, and Larimer counties. And these kits are the standard capacity magazines, like a 30-round magazine would have to be sold as parts. And this is from an employee at one of the gun stores. He said, that's one of Colorado's retarded laws. Obviously, these people know that it's, it's ridiculous to try and restrict things that are, you know, protected by the Constitution. And the fact that the state and local governments will use these with their police officers or employees and yet they want to keep standard citizens from having the same things that they have that's where that's the part that really peeves me off i don't want somebody telling me the government can have it but you can't that's ridiculous but in this case that's exactly what they were trying to do but they found a way around it so apparently you can get the magazines you want in in colorado but you just have to put it together yourself now any of you who've done this you know it's not that hard you push a button, you slide the back plate off, 
the assembly comes out, boom, you've got three parts of a magazine, put it back together yourself. And you should learn how to take them apart anyway in order to clean them. Because magazines that are not clean malfunction way more frequently than ones that are clean. So keep that in mind. But yeah, it's funny because this may come up. You know, I wonder if this is going to come up or that they're talking about they're trying to try and change this. They're going to try and rewrite the law because the law is vague about replacement parts for some of these guns. So, but they said on every gun store they went to all had magazines available in kit form that they could put together and make the, uh, the high capacity or slash standard capacity magazines available to the people who were buying guns or wanted these magazines. So it's funny because they're so concerned about it. Oh, my God, it's going to contribute to gun violence. No, it's not. Bad people contribute to gun violence. Nothing more. People who are probably not going to buy a gun through legal channels anyway. Excuse me. But law enforcement officers are, of course, exempt from the 2013 law. So they're saying law enforcement can have these citizens can't. Again, a clear violation of the Constitution. But who knows? We'll have to see if they come out and try and close this loophole. Because right now, apparently, Colorado can get what they want. All they have to do is learn how to assemble it. All right, we're going to be right back after a few brief messages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, then the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised your right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmb. HOF.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. Okay, right before we left for the break, we were talking about um, Colorado and their assembly laws of magazines. Basically, you can buy a magazine there and you can assemble it and then it becomes legal to own it, I guess. Or maybe it's not legal to own it, but people, that's how they can sell it to them. The gun store can sell it to them. But that's something, you know, it just goes to show that anybody who has a will can find a way. You know, you can find a way around a lot of this stuff. Now, California's magazine ban is in danger of being overturned right now. It's going for a final en banc review in the uh, Ninth Circuit Court. Now, twice already, the circuit court has passed down a judgment saying the magazine ban was unconstitutional and could not stand. The first time they did it, California had the glorious week known as Freedom Week where they could buy magazines of any size. And they were grandfathered in when they put the injunction in to stop the sale of these magazines. So hopefully California will become a freer state if this ever gets settled. But, of course, the Ninth Circuit Court is never known for being friendly to Second Amendment. 
So we'll have to pray that there's enough of them to come up with a full decision, or a lot of times they'll vote in favor of previous decisions because they don't want to seem to contradict themselves. Let's hope that plays a part here so they can get their magazines done. Now, I don't know how many of you guys go on eBay or Amazon or Facebook Marketplace or, you know, Etsy or whatever it is, all these sales sites and stuff. <clears throat> but most of them, a lot of them, do not allow certain gun-related products. Like eBay, nothing over 10-round magazines are allowed. doesn't matter what state you're in or anything. It's not allowed on eBay. <sighs> now, Etsy... <clears throat> they have just banned sales of all gun parts and all gun accessories. Not even, no restrictions other than no gun parts, no accessories on Etsy or Etsy, whatever it's called. Now, there are a few small shops. These, now, from what I understand with Etsy is it's a private person who sets up his own little store on the Etsy website, and that's how sales are made. So they have shut down, apparently, all these businesses that were selling or contributing or selling any kind of gun parts or gun-related accessories. Now, I don't know if this means, like, you know, pictures or paintings. It just means actual gun parts. They weren't very specific. But they said, we take the safety of our marketplace very seriously and regularly revisit our policies to make adjustments, which is ridiculous. I mean, first of all, gun parts are not going to hurt anybody. And most of the gun parts are just to actually make the weapon easier to use more user-friendly, more ergonomic, make them safer almost. If it's a more ergonomic gun, safer is better. So, But Etsy decided they're going to scrap all gun part sales. So if you're going to start selling those, you can still go on eBay for most of them. You can probably go on Amazon for most of them. But as of May 25th, Etsy is no longer going to allow gun-related parts or sales of any type on their on their website. And this is, again, this is discrimination against the Second Amendment, which is, okay, this is a, a, a right. This is one of the first Ten Amendments that gives you the right to keep and bear arms, and it's not supposed to be infringed, and yet a private business can infringe on it. That's what concerns me. You know, what if all these businesses just decide to gang up and decide to shut down all the golf stores in town? You know, they could do this by just not allowing any golf accessories or parts to be sold. And you shut them down in enough places, you infringe on the rights enough, and you end up with with nowhere to get these parts from. So we'll have to see. I mean... I never shopped on Etsy before anyway, I don't believe. I think I bought one thing from them in the past 10 years, and it was uh, something to do with some plain, wor- plain nose art. They had some replica panels they were selling of planes with the nose art painted on them. So that was kind of neat. But now I'm less likely to go there since they push for this anti-gun agenda. They're, tr- they're, virtual s- they're virtue signaling, and I don't care for it. You know, the fact that it's a right. This is not a privilege. It's not like a driver's license. You don't get given one just when you have a license. You get given one just for being a citizen. You have the right. It is there. Of course, they do put age restrictions on it as well, which some people would argue is no good. But I think that's more of a – that's the type of common sense gun law I can see. You have to be 18 to own a rifle or a shotgun or even a handgun. So – but be aware if you're uh, anywhere – If you're looking to uh, buy gun parts, you're not going to get them on Etsy. So you can stick to eBay, Amazon. But I like going to the actual website itself of where the part comes from, if you can find that. You can find that 
patronize the guys that make this stuff. Patronize the guy that are full supporters of the Second Amendment, not ones that support it with a restrictive, restrictive capacity or something like that. Now we head back to Texas. This is big, people. Texas gives final approval to a bill that will allow Texans to carry handguns without a permit. So if you're going through Texas, you don't need a permit to carry a gun there anymore. This, I think, it's, has it been signed yet? Yeah. It looks like Abbott said he will sign the bill when it comes to him, and it's passing both houses now. If they can get it locked down, they will pass it. It will be available, and people in Texas will no longer need a permit in order to carry a gun. Now, that's good and bad. It allows people 21 and over to do this, legally possess a and if you're legal to own a firearm in Texas, you can carry it without a permit. Now, this, is, this may spur on some unsafe practices, as I would call it. People just tucking guns in a waistband or something like that, which is okay for a revolver, but a semi-automatic, you don't want to shove a semi-automatic into your pants or anything, you know, and just walk around with it like that and scaring the crap out of people. I'll tell you what. But now, you can. But be aware. Carry, if you're going to carry a gun without a permit, carry it in a holster. Carry it protected somehow. It's for the gun's finish and to protect the trigger, especially with a semi-automatic gun. You know, uh, the new law in, in Texas, which I wasn't aware of, but, uh, you know, there's there's good and bad in that, in that uh, Georgia has reciprocal agreements with a number of states. Right, I believe and, Texas is one of them. Well, and Texas is one of them, as a matter of fact, but... If I carry in Texas and I don't have to have a license or anything, what are you going to do when you get to uh, Louisiana or Georgia or Mississippi? Right. You don't, they don't know you have a permit. Or if you're not using it, you don't have the permit. Right. So a permit would give you an advantage there for state reciprocity. So they can see that you have the permit and give you the reciprocity in that other state. Yeah, I don't think they're eliminating the permits. They're just saying if you're in Texas, you don't have to have a permit to carry a weapon there. Uh, you know, quite honestly, uh, I didn't know that they ever had that law anyway. I always carried a shotgun or a rifle in my pickup window. Mm. Yeah, now you're, that you're allowed to do it. This is for handguns. Strictly, well, I always carried a handgun in my uh, zipper uh, pocket on my door. Right, but that's not on your person, though. This is no. for, concealed, for, for carrying handguns on your person without a permit. So, you know, that's great, though. I mean, this is – but also, again, if you're trying to buy a weapon, a lot of times having a permit will expedite the process. So it wouldn't hurt to have it. Even if you don't need it, it wouldn't hurt to have it. It shows you're trying to be responsible. You're trying to be a responsible gun owner and be responsible for the rules and laws and everything like that. But there will be no longer a, a permit required to carry a gun in Texas. So we'll see. But that, that's a good idea. I think a lot of states should do that. And that way, even if you don't need the reciprocity, you just have a permit in your state to carry the gun. Or you don't have a permit, and you can carry the gun in your state as long as you're a citizen and a resident. Now, that's where it may get a little tricky with people trying to, you know, get a permit or to carry a gun without even being a citizen. What if you're here and you're not a citizen and you want to carry a gun, but because Texas has no restrictions, you don't have to have the permit, so you can carry a gun. And, of course, there are politicians going, oh, we're just going to open up our streets to massive violence, and it's going to be like the Old West. There's going to be shootouts every day. It's like, you think people are going to shoot each other all the time or are going to worry about getting a, a stinking permit? No, they're probably not. So I don't think this would have anything to do with gun crime going up. It may have something to do with crime going down, though. 
<clears throat> just like with the carjacker, someone comes to you and wants to steal something from you, you've got your weapon, you're good to go. You know, and to have it without a permit makes it a lot easier. You don't have to worry about, oh, did I put that back in my wallet? Oh, did I put that back in my pants? Doesn't matter now. You can carry a gun in Texas as long as you are a legal resident and you have the legal right to own a handgun in that state. Which puts the burden on the driver's license. I guess you do have to have identification still, I would think. You know, unless you're walking around your own house, then you can do what you want. Well, sure. But. You know, but to go out and carry a weapon, this can be done. So we'll have to see. But that's, uh, yeah, it's constitutional carry is what they're calling it. And, of course, Democrats criticize it. Oh, no, it's terrible. It's going to increase gun violence in Texas. Well, Texas already has increased gun violence because of Democrats. So don't think, don't think they're really doing anything that's going to make a difference for most people. Most people are law-abiding citizens. They just want to come home, have some beers, eat some ice cream, eat a frozen food, make it whatever, and then finish it up. They don't want to go all... Have you you been following me or something? Why? You carrying your gun without a permit? No, you just described what I do every night. Oh, did I? Okay, there you go. (laughs) You're the one in my rear view mirror. Ah, Yes, but that's that's good, though. So, So Texas becoming an even freer state. Imagine that. So... Okay, North Carolina. Here, back to the politics again. A lot, a lot of politics stuff today. I do have something about long-range shooting a little later. We're going to get into that. It's pretty cool. And, oh, wait, you know what? This is about permits. I'm going to go back to Texas one more time. i got one more story for Texas. This is kind of neat. Now, this is something that's been attempted before. The state legislature is going to exempt Texas-made suppressors from federal gun laws. And uh, yeah, yeah, everyone's going, what? Hey, what? Suppressors off the federal list. Now, of course, to skirt the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution, the bill would be free suppressors, would free suppressors made in Texas from federal regulation, but you could not take them out of the state. They would have to remain in Texas, built in Texas, used in Texas, and not go out of the state, and you would not need a federal tax stamp to use these suppressors. So, uh, (laughs) but of course, it doesn't say anything about stopping the feds from coming in and enforcing federal law. So if you have one of these Texas-made suppressors, I don't know that Texas would stand up for you if you got in trouble with one, because this has been done before. Kansas did the same thing. They decided that uh, we're going to let any have anything they want as long as it stays in the state you know suppressors were one of the biggest things that people were looking for they were making suppressors selling them and keeping it said made in kansas and it was designed to stay within the state because if it goes outside the state then it comes under the commerce clause and then the feds have a lot more regulatory power but we'll have to see but the texas law seems to have no teeth you say, okay, it's, Ill, it's, Ill, it's legal to have it, but we're not going to protect you if, if federal officers swoop in and try and take it from you or tell you you're not supposed to have it. So I don't know. Like I said, they did this in Kansas. One guy posted it on Facebook. Oh, check out my new suppressor I just got. Bang, 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 bang. And then the feds came knocking on his door. They wanted to see it. Then they went to the guy he bought it from who was manufacturing them for sale in Kansas, and they took them both into custody. And the end result was that they ended up paying like an $800 fine or $500 fine, and they were set free. Now, normally, a suppressor violation or Class three weapons violation carries a minimum $10,000 fine and up to 10 years in prison. But here, they let the guys from Kansas skate with an $800 fine between them. 
So it's still more than it should have been, but they actually went in the right direction with that. But now it doesn't matter because the feds are still going to come in here because this has no teeth. They can't stop federal officers from coming into the state, or they're not going to. They could. They could stop them from coming into the state or enforcing any gun laws if they decided to. But as of yet, there's only one state that that has done that. And that state is Missouri. Missouri has one of the best Second Amendment protection laws I have ever read about. This is amazing. So they've been dealing with this. They obviously decided, they they looked at it and said, you know, we can pass whatever law we want, but then the feds are going to come in and they're going to either reinterpret it or they're going to do it their own way or they're going to bypass our laws, they're going to bypass the state laws and go after citizens whenever they want to. If they have a suppressor, whether it's legal or not, even if it's legally purchased, then, you know, what are you going to do with it? You can keep it within the state, use it within the state, but the feds can still come and take it from you. And that's what happened in Kansas. So now Texas is trying that too. And I wonder if enough states do this, if the feds will just ignore it. If they'll go, you know what, we're not going to enforce it either in those states that have the laws. Think about this, marijuana. class It's a, a classed drug, and it uh, it has no... I guess there's there's no freedom in it as far as that goes. It is a, a controlled substance by the federal government. The federal government says it is completely controlled. So you're not supposed to have it without licenses, permits, whatever. But yet all these states are making it legal to have it. So you got to wonder, what about suppressors? If enough states pass laws saying, we're not gonna, we don't think these should be regulated by federal law, then maybe they'll pull the, the federal law may disappear or the states will actually protect themselves from having the feds come in and overturn their state laws. Because that, I think, is going to be the biggest battle we are going to have in this next decade, probably. States' rights versus federal government rights. And the federal government's always trying to take rights away and regulate them. Well, states, on the other hand, a lot of them are trying to free stuff up. But this is probably, you know, the fact that you're freeing up suppressors to help people who are shooting. I mean, there's nothing better for hearing protection than a suppressor. It quiets the ammunition down. Even if it's supersonic, it still will take the edge off tremendously. So that's something to be considered. you got to have that... uh, you got to have the feds have to be stopped at some point and not be able to enforce their own laws versus state laws, which are different. So we'll have to see how that turns out for Texas. I'm going to have to see if they actually try and arrest anybody in Texas for either building them or selling them or anything like that. So, but in these states, there's no clauses to protect them. So the, the state and local officials can't are not s- supposed to do anything against federal officers who come in trying to enforce federal law. So, But now Missouri has done this right. They are one of the best sanctuary states for Second Amendment rights anywhere in the country. They basically say, okay, you can come, you can do, we, we'll give you the freedom to do these things that the federal government says you can't do, <clears throat> and, and we're going to make sure that no state or local law enforcement can help or assist in enforcing federal laws. And if they find federal officers trying to enforce federal law, they are subject to arrest. That's right. The local government officials can arrest federal officials for trying to enforce gun laws. 
So let's see how that goes. I mean, Missouri, I mean, that's going to be awesome. If they can get that to go through and other people decide to do this, then we may really have something. We may really get some pushback on our rights here. We'll have to see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, so Missouri says you cannot help them. And, in fact, the federal officers are subject to arrest if they try and enforce these federal laws, which Missouri deems are illegal, unfair, unconstitutional. So, yeah, and this is just, you know, this is Missouri going, you know what? Come here and try and enforce your federal law. We will take your officers into custody. And that is something I would love to see. I want to see an ATF agent being held as a under an arrest warrant for two regular police officers. That would just be phenomenal. But, you know, I don't know how that's going to pan out. It's going to take a uh, – that's going to come to the court somehow. It's got to become a case somehow. I can't believe it's going to go any other way. But um, I just don't know. But I hope Missouri sticks to their guns on this and has, I guess, the guts to stick it out and make this – Law stay, and they actually will confront federal officers if they're coming into the state to try and enforce unconstitutional gun laws. Because if guy, Biden gets his way, he's going to pass some sort of quote unquote assault rifle ban, which is just a sporting weapons ban with a more than 10 round capacity magazine. And they're going to try and stop all, the, probably almost every semi-automatic is going to be reclassified as something. In fact, right now, if you're by your computer, go onto the ATF website, they're having a comment period. On the very, on the, I think it's on the first page, but I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you, 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 you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Right before we left for the record, we were talking about Missouri and their idea that they want to stop local enforcement officers from enforcing gun laws that they feel are unconstitutional. And get this. The new law allows state gun laws to surpass federal gun laws and holds police departments liable if an officer of a local police department violates someone's Second Amendment rights, then the law enforcement could pay $50,000 in fines for doing this. 
This is, I mean, this is, you're going to find police officers who violate Second Amendment rights. This is fantastic. This is what every state who wants to be a Second Amendment sanctuary city needs to do. And they're drawing a line in the sand here saying, you know, you cannot help federal officers if they're violating someone's Second Amendment rights. Now, Biden has repeatedly called for banning semi-automatic weapons, pistols, all this kind of crazy stuff. But this act, the Second Amendment Protection Act, says that laws, rules, orders, or other actions that collect data restrict or prohibit the manufacture, ownership, and use of firearms, firearm accessories, or ammunition exclusively within the state exceed the powers granted to the federal government. So they're looking at the federal government and says, you do not have the power to take away the Second Amendment. You cannot sit there and make laws that violate the Second Amendment rights. It's in the Constitution. It's clear as day. Shall not be infringed. How many times do we have to say that? I mean, you have to look at the definition or something? I don't know. But if you do, look it up, get the definition, and come back to me and let me know what you think. Shall not be infringed means you will not make anything that will take away the rights of Second Amendment of the Second Amendment crowd. They want to have guns. They're protected by the Second Amendment, and they shouldn't be violated by the federal government. Otherwise, where does it stop? This is It's just insane, you know? But we'll see. I mean, you know, if something comes to a head in Missouri, that would be one of the most interesting cases you're going to see come around because they're going to sit there and have federal law enforcement officers either under arrest or out on bail for enforcing Second Amendment laws that the state believes are unconstitutional. Now, speaking of unconstitutional laws, the North Carolina House has had a bill that was pending that was going to make you pay to get a permit to buy a firearm. That's why you had to purchase a permit before you're allowed to buy a firearm. Now, Imagine if they did this with some other rights. Imagine if they said, well, you can vote, but you're going to have to purchase a permit to vote first. Yeah. You're sitting there going, oh, my God, the Democrats would freak out, blow up, and their heads would literally explode. There'd be nothing that that could be done about that that would keep Democrats in line with that. But voting is a right. Okay? Owning guns is a right. It's not a privilege. It's not like driving where it's a privilege and you have to have a license. This is a right. So if you want to get a purchase permit, you should not be able to charge for it. Because they were charging money. You had to buy a permit before you buy a gun. Now, New York does this also. They have a $300 fee and a 60-page application just to apply to be able to purchase a handgun. Yep. Imagine if they did that for voting. Okay, you have to apply. You have to pay $100 for a fee, fill out an application in order to get to vote. Could you imagine if they did that, what the backlash would be? It sounds so silly when you hear it, but yet this is the same thing. You have the right to keep and bear arms. You do. That's all there is to it. If they try and infringe on it, that is a violation of constitutional rights. So we will see. But they so far, though, this bill, it was a permit, and they've killed the bill, though, for the permit. So now you no longer need to purchase a permit to buy a, a gun in North Carolina. They were going to try and pass this. But it didn't make it. They finally got rid of it. Because I think they realized that the, repreca- the, the repercussions from this could be horrible. Absolutely horrible. But we'll see. Now all they need to do is get defense against other Second Amendment infringements and see how that goes. Okay. California's assault weapon ban, as of last week, has been put on notice, so to speak. 
California Judge Benitez, the same guy who said the magazine ban was illegal in California, has now come out and said that the assault weapons ban, quote-unquote assault weapons ban they have, is illegal and unconstitutional because of the commonality of the weapons that are used. So we're going to have to see. Now, of course, there's injunctions still against having them in California. They filed injunctions immediately because they saw this where this was going, like it did with the magazine ban. They didn't want 1.3 million magazines or 1.3 million guns coming into the state that violated their little... Um, I don't know, there are restrictive clauses about how a gun can be put together, what it can have on it, stuff like that. So we'll see. I'm curious to know if they get this, if they get the magazine ban squashed and the assault weapons ban squashed in the same time, that's going to be unbelievable. Then California will become freer than New Jersey, New York, and a lot of other states that have these, these crazy laws still in place. I think Connecticut still has some. It's nuts. But uh, if they can get rid of this, then California will go back to being a freer state. Like I say, but they have not got rid of it yet. And I'm sure the local district attorney is going to appeal this to the end of the world or try and push it all the way to the Supreme Court. And I bet the Supreme Court will not hear it because they don't want to get mixed up in it. They don't want to be involved in something like this. But if it goes, that would be awesome. Now, the only thing that would do, that would decrease the supply of high-capacity, military-styled sporting weapons tremendously because all of a sudden California would open the floodgates. They'd be able to buy everything they want to buy again that they haven't been able to buy in almost 30 years. So keep that in mind. Californians have been under restrictions for approximately 30 years with this so-called assault weapons ban. So if they can get this repealed, people of California rejoice, spend money on these guns, Get them in your hands. Make them so prolific that the government would even think of trying to take them away from you. Make sure if you can buy several of them, buy them. Buy your friends one. Buy your dad one. Buy your uncle's one. Anybody who would you think would, would use one or have, uh, and I have it in their mind that they wouldn't mind having one, help them. Get it if this goes through. Because that way, the guns will be so prolific, they won't be able to say, oh, it's a specific weapon designed for one thing. No, it's for everything. That's why Benitez overturned the assault weapons ban in the first place, because he said, these are not super specific weapons. They're not machine guns. They're not bazookas, missile launchers. These are standard guns that people use every day for self-defense, for hunting, for sporting purposes. The AR-15 is the most popular rifle in the United States. Probably ever, because the sheer numbers of it are just incredible. And the fact that so many manufacturers are making them, the numbers are just, they're compounding daily. So let's get, let's get everybody to get a high-capacity sporting weapon. That's the only way to get this done. We need so many people to have them that there's never going to be able to take them away from everybody or say that they need to not have them. So we'll see. But that's one of the takeaways in this California case. It's going to change the dynamic of gun sales on the West Coast forever. So we'll have to see. <clears throat> okay, how many of you guys are long-range shooters? Anybody? I've done a little bit at, you know, several hundred yards, but never really, you know, I had a friend who was running 1,000-yard competition with a three hundred eight rifle, and he did pretty good. But um, in April of this year, there was a gentleman who made a world's record hit. Well, first of all, let's see. He, um, you think a thousand, you know, he was saying, I think he hit, uh, 3,100. 
Let me see. Oh, God, I'm trying to find Anyway, Anyway, he made a shot of 3,592 yards. Then he took it out to 4,134 yards. Now, in case you're wondering, that's 2.35 miles away. That's two and a third miles away. And he made a hit on a 6 by 6 steel target. Now, granted, if you look at a 6 by 6 steel target, it's huge. And if there's a couple of people standing in the middle of it, there's a good chance that you could miss them if you're hitting 6 by 6, 6 foot by 6 foot. And his hit, if you look at the uh, picture that's online, it is in the upper left corner of this 6 by 6 plate. So he didn't hit it anywhere near the middle, but he still hit it. At two over two and a third miles away, he hit a plate with his rifle. Now, you're probably wondering, what is this thing? Let's see. It is. It's a shy tech, I believe. Yes, there we go. He's got a. Uh, it's Hornady congratulates Ryan Cheney on his record 2.35 mile shot at the Spearpoint Ranch in Bernard, Kansas. Cheney's is a sh- shot is the longest impact ever shot and recorded in the competition. Now there are snipers who've been running in the desert, especially in the in the Middle East, who have made some incredibly long shots. These kind of shots have not been, I guess, through other wars or through other conflicts. They really haven't been able to do much of this because most of the other conflicts were taking place in the jungle, in the forest, in denser urban populations. This was out in the desert. You have miles and miles of sand, and so you have extreme range, and you just have to compensate for heat mirage and things like that. But his shot was 4,135 yards. Woo! 41, that's 2.35 miles away. And he was using, let's see, i got to find his gun somewhere. It was amazing. But um, the ammo, was, it was a three thirty eight caliber. Ah, ta, 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 ta. Okay, excuse me. There it is. Okay. Custom Precision Rifle sent a 300-grain bullet the span of more than three dozen football fields. Now, you may think 1,000 yards is a long way. You know, and a lot of people do. I, I'd be, I would be hard pressed to hit a target at a thousand yards with almost anything I I shot. Now, t- here's here's an idea. If you're shooting at a thousand yards versus four thousand yards, the time it took this bullet to travel four thousand one hundred thirty four yards was nine point four seconds. You could literally get up, take a sip of your coffee, put it back down before the bullet hits its intended target. So. Ah, he used a GA Precision custom rifle with a Defiance Deviant tactical action set in a Manners F-Class chassis built for the 33 XC cartridge. Now, I don't know what that is. I believe it's an extended version of a 338 Lapua, I would imagine. The bullet exited at over 3,150 feet per second. But 9.4 seconds later, it hit the target, and he made the hit. So this is interesting. I mean, this is this is a world's record here, I believe. It's because it, it was recorded and they have evidence of it. A lot of shots in battle or in in wartime scenarios are not as easy to keep track of because they're they're in more dynamic situations. It's not particularly planned for. But with a long range rifle, there are so many things that have to add up to make it work. First of all, your rifle has to be built with extreme precision. Bolts have to lock in tight. Barrels have to be machined to exact tolerances. It has to be long enough to be able to burn enough powder to build up enough speed to where it can travel the distance in a relatively short amount of time to be able to make the hit. 
because the faster you're going, the less likely you're going to have something like um, earth rotation bother your hit. The idea behind the earth rotation is that you fire the bullet and the earth actually moves underneath it. So it's going to move your target in one direction or the other if you get past a certain amount of distance. And I think 1,000-yard shooters actually have to deal with this in some respect. Because the Earth is moving, what, 19 miles a second or something right around there? It's moving very fast. And it moves with the target while the bullet sits above it in the air while the Earth is moving. So it's kind of, it, it's interesting to think about this stuff. And then they have what they call spin drift. And on a, on a shot like this, spin drift probably put a huge, huge factor. Because as the bullet spins, it tends to grab air and move like it's paddling its way through the air. So you'd have to consider that, too, on a shot that's over 12,400 feet away. Whew. Okay, I just can't get over it. This is just amazing. And uh, apparently there were other people trying. He had a 35-inch barrel with a 9.5-inch twist, Trigger Tech Diamond two-stage trigger, supported by a Phoenix bipod, topped with a Night Force, ATA CR 7-35 to by 56-millimeter scope with an MIL-C reticle. Now, that's just, you know, it's a lot of equipment. It's a lot of money, but apparently it paid off. This guy made the hit. So if you want to get out there and practice a little bit, go ahead. Put something out there past a few hundred yards and see how quickly it becomes difficult to hit stuff. I mean, this guy knew what he was doing. Let's see. Da-da-da-da. Hornady's press release, because it was their bullets he was using. He was using a Hornady A-tip bullet at the Spearpoint Ranch in Bernard, Kansas. Again, Kansas. They seem to be a gun-friendly state. The 338 300-gram A-tip bullet. Now, the A-tip bullet is an aluminum tip that's precision machined and longer than the polymer bullets that moves the center of gravity and enhances in-flight stability, resulting in tighter groups, reduced drag, and variability in addition. Okay, we're going to have to take a quick break again. Oh, it's the end of the show. I'm sorry. I've run out of time. Well, we got almost everything in. So just remember, be your own first responder. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. Take care of everything because the police won't always be there when you need them. I misled you. Excuse I me? I looked at the clock wrong. You got not quite 10 minutes. Oh, okay. You Come can on. keep on rattling on. Keep on rambling. Okay, great. I thought I was done here. That's what I thought. Huh. Sorry. Never mind. We're back. <laughs> okay. Here's a story about a guy, an armed man that was taken into custody at Bowling Green State University. Now, you may wonder, oh, my God, what did this guy do? Did he shoot somebody? Was it a mass shooting attempt? No, it was not. He just happened to be armed and walking around. And they ended up arresting him for this. Let's see if I can find out. Yeah, and see, now, of course, the the media would have you believe he was some sort of crazy nut job trying to cause trouble. Which, you know, maybe he was. But so far he had done nothing to do nothing he had done nothing to cause anybody to think he was up to anything except he had a weapon. That's the only thing he did was have it, and he got arrested. So be aware when you're carrying your weapon. Now again, I want to talk real quick about being your own first responder again. This is something that takes practice, that takes time, and takes the right equipment. It's not always just gonna be a gun either. 
Sometimes, what if you need a knife? Do you carry an EDC knife? Do you have an everyday carry knife? Do you have something you carry with you just in case you come across a, a dog tangled up in fishing line out or anything? Something like that. Something that needs to be cut. A cheesecake that needs to be cut into slices. Do you have a knife? Also, some people will carry some means of starting a fire with them if they go camping or backpacking or hiking, something small that they can keep in their pocket, not in their pack. You want to keep it on your person. You also, a flashlight. A flashlight is one of the, probably one of the highest rated things right behind a weapon that I would keep with me. Some sort of light to be able to illuminate, especially if you're out at night. Now, during the day, not as much. <clears throat> now, one advantage here is most phones have flashlights built in nowadays. Granted, it might be a little awkward if you're handling a weapon as well to try and hold your phone to use it as a flashlight, but hey, it beats having nothing, and it's on you most all the time. Everybody carries their phone almost everywhere they go, so you probably have a flashlight with you all the time. So these are a couple of things I might recommend if you don't carry them now. You know, try carrying a flashlight with you. Try carrying a, you know, some sort of knife, and carry your gun every day. Because, you know, no one's going to be there. When you call for the police and they're 20 minutes away and minutes count, oh, Legend Dave showing me his knife. Yeah, get those knives out. Let's, let's see what you got. Everybody should carry a knife. General Mattis, the Secretary of Defense for Trump, said you should always carry a knife in case there's cheesecake or if you need to stab somebody in the throat. Because <laughs> you know. It's good for uh, scalping. Yeah, scalping? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, go all, uh, oh, you get a little trim. Yeah, a little haircut, a little shaving if necessary. Was it Clint Eastwood who was shaving with the Bowie knife in one of his movies, I think? Or somebody. That's always an interesting scene to see the uh, the soap on their face, them shaving with a gigantic Bowie knife. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, I mean, these are, and the most important thing about everyday scenarios is to be situationally aware, especially if you're in a situation where, you think there might be opportunity for criminals to find a way to take your rights. If you're alone at night in a parking garage, if you're alone during the day in a parking garage, keep your eyes open. Don't have it buried in your phone while you're walking to your car. Pay attention. If you're sitting in a restaurant and you see somebody walk in that looks suspicious, you go, hey, that guy's got a heavy coat on and it's 85 degrees outside. What gives? Is it a fashion statement or is he covering something up? You know, I've seen this before. I've been in a place and somebody walked in carrying a pistol box, a plastic pistol box, and a Crown Royal bag. Now, you would think, okay, he's got a pistol and he's got something in his Crown Royal bag. Turns out the pistol was in the Crown Royal bag and his pistol box was full of cash. So, you never know, but always keep an eye out. You see somebody walk in, if they avoid making eye contact with you, then, you know, just keep an eye on them until they get out of you or more than 21 feet away. Because, you know, it's only you who can stop a burglary, a robbery, an assault on yourself at the moment it happens. The police will not be there except to write the report later, or the coroner will be there to, to draw a chalk outline around your body if you're not ready. And then people always go, well, I don't want to carry one in the chamber because it's not safe. Yeah, and that's, and that's a tough choice to make. As long as you train like that, where you can draw that weapon, rack it, and fire a shot all within a second or two, then you might be okay. And I've seen guys do this. There are certain states or countries that don't allow, I think Israel's one of them, where their pistols are not allowed to be chambered. They can be loaded, but not chambered. 
So you basically have to draw the pistol, rack it, and then fire your first shot. Now, that can be done pretty smoothly because I watched a guy who was – he was a military security contractor, and he was working in various places in the Middle East and South America, and he was training on this draw and rack technique because there were some places he was not supposed to carry around in the chamber. And it, he actually looked very smooth, very fast, and he made it work, but he was practicing it. He had practiced it a lot. So if you have something you have to practice, figure out what your, what your weakness is, what your hardest thing to do is. That's what you need to work on your most. Are you best with one hand or the other? Most people are better with a strong hand than they are their weak hand. A lot of people don't practice one-handed shooting at all. And you got to consider, what if you're wounded? What if you have a, a, a damage to an arm or, or a hand or something? You're going to have to f- fire that weapon one-handed. So practice it. Go to the range. I'm not saying every shot you should take should be one-handed, but take a few minutes fire a magazine one-handed with each hand and then you take the third one and fire it with both hands now chances are your shots will be much more accurate much faster using two hands however using one hand is important in case what if you have a baby in your arm and you can only use one hand or your dog you know you got to protect them too they're members of the family so be aware of possible situations that you may end up being in and think how would you function if you didn't have use of that one arm Like, okay, you carry your pistol without a round in the chamber. You get hit by somebody, you get damaged, um, you break something. How are you going to rack that weapon with one hand? Well, there are ways to do it. One way, you use the sights against the back of your heel, push down, you should be able to get it to rack. Of course, it's going to be a lot harder than just doing it by hand, but if your one hand is down, you don't have a choice. You need two hands to rack almost every weapon. So... Fight the way, uh, what is it? Train the way you fight and fight the way you train. You know, if you have an issue come up, make sure you've approached it before. You have some idea of what you're dealing with. All right. Stay alert. Be aware and pay attention and be your own first responder. And we'll be back next week with more. This is Roger B. And you're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.